Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Chris Caprio. Joining Focus in 2017, Chris lends his 20 plus years of experience in planning, forecasting, and reporting financial data for companies in numerous sectors, including tech, energy, and professional services. He has experience across all aspects of operations, including finance, accounting, recruiting, HR, legal, tax, and employee training. During his tenure, he has been a key contributor to the company's modernization, transformation, and record company growth. Recognized as an industry thought leader, Chris serves as a vice president for the Financial Executives International, Boston, and co-chair for the CFO Leadership Council Boston chapter and is a sought-after keynote speaker at industry events across the country. Chris, thank you very much for being my guest today on CFO Weekly. Thank you very much for having me, Megan. Happy to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me today. And and this morning, we're going to be discussing the evolving role of the CFO and the many hats that today's CFO wears. So first, let's start with you. Can you tell us a bit about your career journey to date and and how it is that you got to where you are today? Yeah, it's been a lot over the last 20, 25 years. I actually got introduced um, to the accounting world. Uh, My father was an accountant and he took me on when I was in high school as an intern at the company he was working for at the time, just kind of doing some accounts payable, um, some invoicing. So just figured out what from an accounting perspective, uh, what that was all about got me interested enough to, to go on to college and get my uh, undergrad degree and went on to get my master's in accounting as well. And then just just grew up on the accounting side and, and got into finance, um, you know, as a senior accountant controller, uh, working at a small company. So kind of expanded my accounting knowledge into finance as well. And, you know, just ended up here at Focus. I've been here about five years and um, mutual friend of mine with the CEO and, and we hit it off and we met and they were looking to bring on a CFO and kind of upgrade that role at the company. And it's been working out great for me. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, my father was an accountant too and, and I went into accounting. <laughs> um, so as you look back on your career, are there any particular stories or moves that stand out in your mind as turning points? Yeah, I was at a role around the tech bubble in 2000, 2001. And it was a public software company and we were probably 400 plus people at the time and just had rounds of layoffs after rounds of layoffs. And, you know, I'm sure I was younger in my career. I wasn't making very much at the time. So um, they, they kept me on board through, I think, four rounds of layoffs. And as our next round of layoff came on, I got more work to do, <laughs> which at the time I didn't love it. But, um, you know, I got into payroll, I got into collections, I got into cash management. I was dealing with the CFO directly. I was dealing with our investor base. Um, and it just, in the 15, 18 months I was there, even though it was pretty quick, um, the amount of different things I got into that probably could have taken me five or 10 years to get into some of those had we uh, remained as a growing company, which we were when I first got there. And it just, you know, I stuck it out and it, and it allowed me to to accelerate maybe a little bit faster in my career than I thought. Uh, I learned so much, uh, uh, you know, being on the cash side of the business, seeing 
uh, reconciling that, managing that, you really get to know a company very well and what areas they need to look at, what areas we can utilize to continue to grow. And it was just a great experience for me. Yeah, those trials by fire are always tough, <laughs> but definitely the best learning experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your current organization, Focus Technology. What is it that they do? So we're, I like to say, an IT consulting company. We grew up a value-added reseller. We've been in business about 25 years. I got here five years ago with other members of our management team to help diversify. Um, we're in you know, uh, cloud. We're in cybersecurity. We're an outsourced managed services provider. We have customers, small and large. Really, anything that an IT department would do, we either are the outsourced arm or the co-sourced arm of the organization that we're working for. Um, we're a reseller of um, high-end technologies, Dell, Cisco, uh, Barracuda, HP. We get involved with AWS and Azure. Um, you know, Again, anything from an IT consulting perspective, from compliance to cybersecurity, helping companies migrate to the cloud, uh, we're involved in. Yeah, cybersecurity is crazy these days. I'm like yes. blown away by how sophisticated hackers are becoming. It's amazing their knowledge, their, the tools they have. Um, the the you know when people migrated to to home with the pandemic, their guards dropped a little bit. I think they've uh, really taken advantage of those vulnerabilities that companies have, not being all in, under one roof and on one network. Um, and they've you know definitely utilized uh, staying ahead of the curve and, and have have really been successful. Uh, the last couple of years that really driving companies crazy. And what we hear about in the news is a fraction of a percentage of what is really going on out there that, you know, companies are a little ashamed to uh, admit to. Yeah. Um, but it, it's amazing. It's amazing that whole area. And we're just trying to do our best to help companies minimize the risk in that area. Yeah. I always ask in closing and I'll ask you eventually too, but but what is keeping you up at night? And that is uh, <laughs> among the, the most popular answers is cybersecurity. Yes. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And my three daughters. That, 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 <laughs> that keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah. I saw that you have a uh, teenage or close to teenage yes, daughters. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. So that's number one. Cybersecurity is number two. <laughs> So as you look back on your five years at Focus Technology, what have been your proudest achievements? So when I came over, we had been growing organically. And um, in 2017, um, the tail end, we closed our first acquisition. It was a company called NSK that was a pure managed services provider, outsourced IT. And it was really the first one that Focus had done. And just, you know, putting, bringing two companies together, it's obviously, it's been over four years. The two companies are now one, obviously, and we got uh, along so well. I think we benefited from that um, acquisition so much. Uh, some of the people we acquired are still with the company and grown. And, and, I, and I just think that was a, a, a really an inflection point and, and a really big pivot for us that got us into a consulting wing that, that we've been able to grow off of today and, and really can look back at that acquisition as a turning point for focus for sure. Yeah, consulting is such a valuable uh, service and, and pretty profitable one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the typical CFO job description uh, may not always include the, 
the management of human resources. However, that's precisely what many CFOs, including yourself, are doing these days. So what do CFOs who are also in charge of HR need to know? So good talent, good culture, and reducing expenses don't always align perfectly. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I imagine they rarely yeah. align. <laughs> exactly, especially today. Um, you know, it really takes the spreadsheet and gives it a new meaning. I, th I think for certainly earlier on in my career, um, you know, you have to learn to get out and, and meet with people. Um, those are the people, especially in a consulting business. Those are the, we don't have a product. We have our people and, and making sure you have the right talent, making sure they're directed correctly, they're managed correctly, but they also have the freedom to, to do what they need to do both within their personal careers, but also in front of our, some of our best and biggest customers. Um, and, and it really forces you if you're going to manage HR. I mean, I oversee and talk with um, my team in, in that area about talent, whether it's existing talent we're trying to maintain, whether it's talent we're trying to recruit, bring into the company. Um, it, it, you know, takes the financial aspect out of it for those conversations. And then you come up with a strategy and a plan and then have to figure out how to um, align those with your budget, but certainly, um, you know, getting to know the people is extremely important and, and the value of good resources and, and the, value, the, the disincentive of having some, you know, resources that just aren't a fit for the company, um, you know, really gets you to think about that in a different area that's outside of just a name on a spreadsheet or on a Word document. Yeah, I guess as accountants, not always known as being people, people persons. <laughs> um, and you first became a CFO back in 2004. So talk to me about the evolution of the CFO role. Where have you seen it come from and where is it heading? Certainly, you know, it came from, you know, what, what everybody knows of and, and kind of the defining that still people look at from the outside world of the financial well-being of a company. Um, I, I would say where it's evolved for me has been more into operations. I, I think the, I, I, and I, I was talking with somebody recently, I, I've never worked for a company that had a COO. And I've worked for some medium-sized companies, some smaller companies, so that could be the reason. But I think the companies I've worked for, there's been no COO. So I think while uh, I don't take on all of those roles, I think inherently you have to take on some of them. Um, from an operations perspective, we have typically good control backgrounds, um, good you know process backgrounds. So I think those help um, you know roll out and ensure all the operations of the company are running effectively. So I, I think that certainly has been an evolution over the last 20 years. And I think where it's going is you know going to continue. You know we talked about HR and we talked about cybersecurity. I think it's really um, expanding to really anything in the back office, um, being training, being IT, being HR, you know, legal, all that, all those areas of the company that fall outside of accounting and finance, which will still remain. But I think companies are, are looking for um, more knowledge at the top, more widespread knowledge, and being able to identify and see those across the organization are just extremely important, I see moving forward. Yeah, so I guess becoming more strategic and uh, definitely yeah. breaking down silos these days. Absolutely. 
it's impossible to just operate in a finance and accounting silo. Um, okay. And HR, so many times just looked at as being part of the back office. Um, how can a CFO who understands the value of HR showcase its importance throughout the organization? Going back to getting to know the people, I, I think when I've found success in, in oversight of HR, you get people to realize that money can't be the only decision maker. The budget can't be the only decision maker. You can't forget about it. Don't get me wrong. But I think when people realize whether it's small things, you're giving raises where maybe it wasn't as obvious, but you're trying to you know, uh, pay people what they deserve if, if they've shown the value to the company or it's tools, you know, going out and purchasing maybe more higher end tools that help people perform their jobs better that are, you know, are, are not necessarily in the short term, the best value decisions or business decisions. But when you're looking at it more long term and to saying, if I can acquire this piece of software, or this tool from my employees in the long run, it's going to be better for them. I think when employees realize that certainly the CFO and I'm sure others running the organization are willing to invest and, and help their employees um, and not just make decisions, well, we don't have enough money or we can't do that because we don't have enough money. Finding ways to, to get their employees to see that, I think you get more out of your employees on the other end saying, well, they're willing to do whatever it takes to give me the tools as an engineer. So I'm willing to give back more to the company because they take care of me. So it's really seeing that both sides of it and getting them to realize it's not all about money. It needs to be about solid business decisions. And we've touched on this just a bit, but with talent in such short supply right now across definitely the country, maybe even the world, but many companies are having to lure candidates with better better benefits uh, for one thing. And with the cost of rising medical benefits and, and just benefits in general, as a CFO, how do you balance the company's budget with your HR efforts? It's, it's really looking medium and long-term. You know, uh, obviously depends on the organization we work for. I'm fortunate enough to be one that's privately held. So making our number this month is less important than making our number over the next three to five years. So really making decisions that are going to maintain employees. I mean, everybody knows the, the cost of replacing an employee well outweighs the cost of retaining them. So once you have them, you got to do things that are going to excite them to come to work. Um, certainly pay is a part of that. Benefits are a part of that, but culture is a part of that. Um, their manager is a big part of that. What they do on a day-to-day -day basis, do they feel empowered to make decisions and, and are they learning and growing within their position and given opportunities to be promoted? It, to me, it, there's so many factors that go into it. Any one of those may be able to get away with, but if you start, you know, getting a negative check, you know, X next to two or three of those, obviously that employee is going to go and that's going to cost you in the short, medium and long run. So really making sure you have the right people, but giving them the opportunities that they can grow, but, you know, compensating them well, both from a pay perspective, from a um, variable comp perspective and certainly from a benefit perspective, which can include health and dental and, and 401k match, but also, you know, what's your vacation policies, your holiday policies, your time off policies, your work from home policies, things like that, that obviously have, have grown now during the pandemic. But 
you know, are going to remain important even when companies start to migrate back to the office, whether it's hybrid or fully. Yeah, so important to do all of those things well, really, to keep people where they are and happy. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for sure. Yeah. I mean, I see poaching going on all over the place. So, um, yeah, but you're right. It doesn't always come down to money and benefits, but that is a huge factor for many people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, in your opinion, does finding the right solution justify stretching the budget once it's been set? I do, yes. I mean, I, I think you always have to look, you know, you have to understand short term. I mean, you have to have capital to make investments, but I think you always need to be looking at medium and long term and identifying, well, the right, is this the right solution for where we're going? Um, not necessarily today, but, you know, I'm just looking at a, a new accounting system that we rolled out a couple of years ago. I mean, that's an you know, six month process to find the right tool and probably an eight months, six to eight month process to roll it out. So you're looking at almost a year and a half. Um, so you got to always be looking at where you're going and believe in the business and your plan and your strategy and, you know, make sure you're thinking about the future. And, and certainly in the long term, you should be able to get ROI off that, whether it's automation, whether it's, you know, um, not having to hire up as many back office staff because now you have the right tools in place, streamlining processes that allow people to do other things that you're not able to do today. And I think that's where you get that longer term ROI for, which could would justify stretching the budget in the short term. Yeah, I suppose that working at a growing company, um, you have to stretch the budget <laughs> often. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the CFO comes in to make sure you have access to capital to be able to do that where it makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the best time to find capital is when you don't need it. Yep. <laughs> um, so whether it be HR or accounting, are there any tools or te technologies that you're using right now that are helping to make your life or your team's life easier? I know you just mentioned a new somewhat new yeah. accounting platform. Yeah, we rolled out a, a NetSuite, a new accounting system about two years ago. And, and certainly- uh, Good timing. Version of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right before, about three months before the pandemic, we rolled that out. And it's it certainly helped streamline our process. We've been able to build automation around it within accounts payable, within invoicing, within collections. Um, and it certainly has helped as, you know, obviously we didn't plan for it from a remote workforce perspective, but- it's, it's allowed us to, to seamlessly uh, migrate our employees to home when we needed to. Now we have some people back in the office, some people at home, but it, it, without that tool, um, that's a cloud-based tool where before we were on a VPN-based tool and it just would have made things slower and take more time. So it, it has made myself and my team's life so much easier the last two years um, working remote uh, with that tool. And, you know, certainly as a CFO, you're always going to lean towards a good accounting system, right? Yep. Yep. And definitely a lot of companies were on a trajectory to move towards the cloud, but I think uh, the pandemic has expedited that process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what advice do you have for CFOs looking to drive strategic value to grow revenue and margin? Get to know the business, you know, get to know your customers, your vendors, your employees. Uh, I realize many people are working remote. So the old term of get out of your office, get yeah. out of your cube, um, you know, metaphorically, it's still the same. Uh, you know, I, I try and talk to, I go out with customers, 
I meet with our vendors. And again, a lot of it may be on Zoom now, but, you know, trying to get back to a lunch or a dinner or a coffee with all, with all those, you know, again, customers, vendors, employees, um, to, to really get to understand your business because the worst thing you can do is make a decision that you have no idea what the impact of that decision is going to be um, because you haven't talked to the right people. And again, all three, your, your supply chain from your vendors, your employees, and then your customers. You don't want to impact them negatively, certainly without knowing you. And if you're going to do something that you strongly believe in that, you know, you think may impact them, get out ahead of it and talk to them. But, you know, being able to add value, think strategically, I know personally I'm unaware or uh, I'm unable to do that in a bubble, uh, but just a couple of people in a room or whatever. I think you really got to get all factors, listen to them, but still at the end of the day, make, make the decision you feel is best, but at least you're getting input from people in tracking that over time. But, you know, getting out there and talking with all the people that touch your company is extremely important. Yeah. I guess that goes back to the point of finance and accounting can no longer just function in a silo or make decisions in a vacuum. Absolutely. And, and, and money only, you know, that's where you get the people aspect of it. And you can only do certain things because you may only have access to a certain amount of capital, but um, being able to talk with people to make best use of that capital is huge. And lastly, um, we already know what's keeping you up at night, but <laughs> as we look to close out 2021 and start a new year, what, what goals have you set for yourself? We're on a growth trajectory. Uh, we're fortunate. Um, you know, we were in an industry that was actually benefited by the pandemic. I know I don't want to say that too loud, but, you know, certainly people's reliance on technology grew with yep. all their employees working remote. Our core product is servicing those employees from a help desk and field technician perspective as they're working remote. Um, so, you know, we have that and want to continue to grow that while keeping an eye on um, what's going on around us. You got, you know, companies that are still, um, you know, committing to fully remote. Some companies are coming back. So I think, um, you know, really our goal is to fine tune um, our service offerings to fit any type of company. You know, some of them are going to be virtual forever. Some of them are already back in the office. Maybe they're in biotech or manufacturing where they need people on site. And then certainly there's going to be companies that are like Focus probably continue on a hybrid approach. So we need to make sure our offering suit all three of those types. And certainly whatever is unknown out there for the type of um, company we need to support and be able to offer them you know, the best service we can based on what their needs are. And that's, you know, ever changing, yep. certainly changed dramatically uh, in 2020. And I feel focused. We've adapted really well. we got some great people that have worked hard to get us to this point, And we want to just stay on top of it and, and understand what companies are going to do in 2022 and beyond and how we can support them the best we can. Chris, thank you so much for being my guest today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Megan. It was great talking with you. Yeah, I really enjoyed speaking with you and hearing about your experiences and, and all of the resulting insights that you've shared with us today. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to be here with us and I wish you and Focus Technology all the best. Thank you so much, Megan. To all of our listeners, please tune in next week and until then, take care. 
If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personiv. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personiv.com. Thanks for listening.